once you are able to create a group of people that will rally behind your brand, your service, or your product, you're in a good position. Welcome to Virtually Live by Kultura. In this podcast, we'll try to sum up all the latest and greatest in marketing, and specifically in event marketing. To help us do that, we've invited prominent marketing and business leaders to share their most important lessons and give their best predictions for the coming years. In a few moments, Fiverr's CMO, Gali Arnon, will join Kultura's EMEA Marketing Director, Isabella Barbado, to chat about the power of a good community. Specifically, we'll learn how communities can elevate your event and vice versa. Hello, hello, good morning. Uh, greetings and welcome to this virtually live session titled Community Building Equals Brand Building. My name is Isabella, I'm the Marketing Director uh, at Cultura and I'm coming to you live from my um, flat in London on Abbey Road. Here with me is Fiverr CMO, Gali Arnon. Gali is a true marketing uh, veteran. She has over 20 years of experience and before joining Fiverr, she was among other things, the CEO of Brightcom and the VP of Marketing at um, 888. Uh, hi, Gali. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. My name is Gali, and I'm coming to you virtually live from the Fiverr office in Tel Aviv. Perfect. And uh, what else can you tell us about uh, yourself and about Fiverr? Yeah, so Fiverr is a global marketplace connecting between freelancers, talented freelancers uh, from over 160 countries around the world to businesses of all sizes starting from small businesses, startups, and up to large and enterprise businesses. Uh, we have digital services uh, in over 550 different categories like uh, graphic and design and writing and translation, programming and tech, video and animation, and so on and so forth. Um, about me, I've been here for the last four years as the CMO of uh, Fiverr. Uh, being part of this amazing, amazing roller coaster. Um, and uh, I'm in charge of all aspects of marketing from brand marketing, community building that we're gonna talk a lot about today. Um, and also uh, growth, uh, PR, retention, and so on. Uh, as you said, you know, for the last uh, almost 20 years, I've been working in tech companies, uh, either leading different companies or leading uh, marketing operations. I love the combination of tech, marketing, uh, data, and psychology. Um, that's that's my hobby. Beautiful, thank you. And I'm a huge fan of Fiverr, so I'm really happy to meet you. Um, so you mentioned community, uh, and, and that's the topic of our uh, of our session today. So uh, community building has been obviously a huge uh, part of uh, your business model uh, from the very beginning at Fiverr. Um, can you share with us maybe your view on why online communities are so important uh, and what, what specifically what role they play um, at Fiverr, but not just at Fiverr uh, in for brand building sure so I, I think loyal community and a strong community can be the brand uh, superpower actually I really think that once you are able to create a group of people that will rally behind your brand your service or your product you're in a good position and, and I'll, I'll tell you why I think you know here at Fiverr 
uh, we've been nurturing, creating, supporting our community for the last 11 years. It's been, you know, one of those core pillars of our brand, of our entire business, actually, uh, ever since the company was founded. Uh, when you have a strong community, they can be your best brand ambassadors. They can be your recruiters. They can be your marketing channels. They can sometimes replace your marketing channels. They can be your storytellers. They can be vocal about things they like and they don't like sometimes. So it's not always, you know, like working um, as, as to your benefit. Sometimes it's something that you need to make sure you understand uh, the power of, of this huge amount of people. But I think without our community, um, Fiverr is definitely not, wouldn't be able to be at the same place like we are today with this amazing uh, organic growth, with this amazing network effect. And the community, our community is actually um, a lot of who we are and what's defined us as, as a brand and as a company. I totally agree with you. So just to um, maybe paraphrase what you uh, just said, it sounds like communities can give you also uh, more control over your brand's narrative. Uh, so they're great for brand building, but they um, they can also help you uh, nurture your longtime customers and, and turn them into advocates. I guess that's, that's the secret of... Um, uh, the secret sauce of a successful community. So I was wondering if you could share with us some uh, of your secrets uh, and tell us uh, maybe a bit about Fiverr's uh, community and brand uh, building strategy, how the two uh, things go together. And also if you think this strategy has changed uh, during uh, COVID in the last 18 months. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that, you know, community can give you more control over your narrative. I'm not sure about that, to be honest, because sometimes when you have so many different voices and so many, you know, people that are actually telling your story, uh, it won't necessarily be the same story you want to tell. And I think in today's world with, you know, social networks and uh, power to the people, uh, I think it's not only unique to Fiverr. I think for many, many brands, uh, the main narrative is actually being determined or told to the te is, is being told to the world uh, by their own customers and communities and sometimes as I said they love what they what we do what we do as a brand as a company sometimes they don't I'll, I'll give you a very interesting example we rebranded Fiverr a year ago um, and it was a very important process we you know we, we came with a new logo with a new uh, brand colors and 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 all of that and because we have such a strong vocal and opinionated community, some of them actually loved that, loved that and thought the change is amazing, and some of them didn't. And uh, they didn't want anyone to change what they've been used to seeing for the last 10 years, right? So I think, you know, when you have such a strong community, you need to remember that your narrative will be told in many different ways. So I think that that's one, one thing. As for our strategy, you asked me about our strategy in terms of our community. So I want to touch a bit about our purpose, and our purpose is really to build, uh, to provide opportunities to anyone in the world to build their brand, their business, their dreams. And when you come to think about it, we have freelancers for over 160 countries. They're all coming to the platform to sell their talent, right? Their skill. Um, and when they are coming to the platform, 
it doesn't matter where they come from. What is their life uh, circumstances? What is their background, their race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation? All of that doesn't really matter. They're all equal on the platform. What, what the, 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 the kind of atmosphere that it creates is an atmosphere where everyone is equal and you can actually leveling, level the playing field for many, many people. And I think that this is in, the, in the, the core of what we do for our community because our community is not just coming to buy a product or a service. They're actually coming to make a living on our platform. We're able to provide them with work opportunities. They're making, they're, they're making money that can provide, them, provide for, for their families, that can help them uh, build you know, um, future for them, for their families. And I think this is what's so amazing and, and what's creating this such a strong relationship, emotional relationship, not only functional relationship, but doing us and that, that, that community. What we're trying to do with marketing is to just tell the, this, the, those stories to the world and their success stories. And I think for me, as a marketeer, uh, our purpose, our story is bigger than everything I can do in marketing. So what I just need to do is is bring this story to the world. Wow, yeah. Uh, I never thought about uh, communities that way, but it's, um, uh, yeah, it's very inspiring and uh, <laughs> really, really beautiful to hear, uh, to hear it from you. I'll just uh, slightly uh, move to, a, as for a moment, to a different topic, uh, one that we are very passionate about at Cultura, and that's a virtual event. So I was wondering if you uh, do run virtual events at Fiverr and... Um, do you think that virtual events have changed the dynamics and interactions between Fiverr and the customer and prospects, the community? Sure. So, yeah, we, we actually are holding hundreds of community events. Pre-COVID, they were all physical events. Uh, they were organized either by our uh, community organizers, which are volunteers from our communities that are organizing those events around the world, or by our own team that is spread, again, uh, in different offices and teams around the world. But then COVID came and we needed to shift. We needed to move to virtual uh, events. We, it was actually quite a smooth process. Uh, and we realized that it has a lot of benefits because all of a sudden, you don't have any physical constraints, right? So you can have an event where people can attend from all over the world. You can find time zones that will be, you know, right in the middle between Europe and the US, and then you can have people from different countries, different territories, different continents. Um, you can actually pre-record the content and then send it later to, you know, people that were not uh, able to attend the event. So we found a lot of advantages uh, in making those uh, events more accessible and relevant to uh, many more people from our community. Uh, I'll give one example uh, that we did just you know, a few months after COVID started. Uh, we did a huge event. It was the biggest we ever had. It called The Shift. And it was about uh, businesses that were adapting and shifting during the pandemic. You know, a lot of them moving from offline to online using different resources on Fiverr and outside of Fiverr. Um, it was a great event. We had more attendees than we ever had. 
and we were able to, it was a full day event, just like a conference, but just online. And it was about education, networking, training, uh, inspiring. Uh, and we obviously were able to uh, then record the content, make it available to our community later on. And we, we saw that people actually consumed this content for weeks and weeks after the, the event was actually held. Yeah. Yeah, um, you you said at the beginning that uh, before COVID you had volunteers uh, in different cities uh, running these events, and I think that's something that you can afford to do only when you have a strong community uh, and they are big advocates of of your of your platform. So, do you have any advice for brands who want to leverage virtual events um, for? for their community building efforts and vice versa. Yeah, so I think you, you touched on the first one, which is to use your own community for those events, right? So you need to empower your community. You need to, um, they, they can be part, they can, be, they can take part, they can be part of the agenda, they can you know, be trainers and mentors and instructors. And I think that's a, a great way to engage with them even further. As you mentioned, we have uh, volunteers. It's part of our grassroots uh, philosophy of building community. So we have like team leads in different cities around the world that they construct their own teams and then they are able to support the communities, their local surrounding and also, you know, also are able to uh, conduct those uh, events for us, which, which is just great is another i think a very strong tip i think in, ter in terms of the content it's really important to know who your audience is uh in order to make sure that you find the right content uh and you create those moments where people can engage with your content and 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 make sure you inspire them and keep them uh interested in what you have to offer um i think accessibility is really important now with covid I think virtual events are actually a window for uh, sometimes, you know, underprivileged communities or, um, you know, people that will not necessarily have access to those type of events and content now with the Internet and, you know, being able to provide them access to this um, is, is just a great thing. And you need to re keep that in mind uh, when you're planning an event. I think diversity of speakers content type of content so you know you don't just don't don't just need to stick to one type of content you can have uh panels and forums and uh networking events and you can have webinars and um all type of video content that you can use so i think with technology today it's just endless uh so i would you know the tip would be to keep it as versatile and diverse in terms of the content and the participants and speakers as well. True, and I guess, I mean, you touched on uh, one very important point, which is the diversity um, of your speakers. That's something sometimes you don't see a lot of in your uh, regular conferences. So, yeah, uh, amazing. Um, another topic uh, I'm uh, very passionate about, and I guess um, we marketeers are uh, all uh, is data. So I think one of the biggest advantages of virtual events is that they provide uh, a huge amount of data that you would not necessarily get from uh, physical events. Um, and um, 
you know, you can use uh, data for your follow-ups, for your um, informing your decisions for future events. Um, do you have any um, best practices or stories to share with us on how you've used leveraged data um, for your marketing strategy? Sure, sure. So as you said, you know, data, data is key here. Uh, once you have virtual events, uh, it's much easier to make sure you have control over the data because let's, you know, I, I remember myself standing uh, at the doorfront of a very, very successful event we had in New York and you don't really have control over who's coming in, who's part of the, of the party, who's not. How do you keep track of their emails, their interests? And I think with, with virtual events, not only you can have data about the participants themselves, but you can also you know, add layers of data. You can use surveys. You can ask them about their interests and, and, and what would they like to see in the future. And I think this is one very interesting area where you can actually understand what people are looking for in terms of content and, uh, and interests, and then make sure you kind of design your roadmap in terms of virtual events going forward according to this data that you collected where you know what people are interested in, what would they like to hear more about, uh, and then make sure that you have more engagement, engagement because you are actually finding the right formula for your customers. So that's one way, uh, as you mentioned, you know, sometimes people that come to your events can be your from your own community, but they can be you know, people from the outside as well that just heard about it and then can come become your customers. So as long as you use follow-ups and you keep the connection and the engagement after the event using you know bits and, and pieces of content from the event, you can actually make those people uh, to become you know from prospect to customers. Um, and then I would say the last thing was would be to make sure that you create a holistic and experience and view. So, for example, uh, I told you about this shift conference that we did that talked about the movement from offline to online. Later on, we actually created a product on our platform that is allowing businesses to move from offline to online. And we've been able to kind of approach all those attendees that came to this event and offer them those services and products that can that is relevant to the to the event. So I think that there's so there's so much you can do with this data. It's just so valuable. So we are almost at the end of our time. But before that, can I ask you, Gali, to share your top uh, three tips uh, and any last thoughts you'd like to share with us? Yeah, sure. So I'll try to do it as as quick as I can. Uh, I think the first tip will be make sure your content is versatile and diverse. Uh, there's so much going on in the world. There's so many, you know, different events and webinars and, and, and type of, of companies trying to kind of grab the attention of consumers. Make sure you do it as, a di as diverse and versatile in terms of content as you can. I think the second one would be uh, understand what your people, your customers, your community uh, is interested in and make sure that you design and tailor the content according to their interests and, and needs. And then I, I would say, uh, uh, last but not least, just use as much as different options in of, of formats of content as you can. Um, you know, it can be uh, keynotes, it can be panels, it can be videos. The more, the merrier. I think that's kind of my three rules for uh, 
Absolutely or, uh, agree. Great uh, virtual events. Yes, and uh, the internet is a very crowded place, so we are competing for attention. Anyway, thank you so much, Gali. I hope you enjoyed uh, the conversation as much as I did, and I hope to see you soon, um, maybe in person. Yeah, thank, <laughs> uh, you. thank you very much. Have a nice it's day. A great pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to our guest, Gali Arnon, and our host, Isabella Barbado. Tune in next episode, where we try to understand from Gong CMO how to shake on it virtually. In other words, how to close deals in virtual events. Thanks for joining.